Welcome to Pathways to Wisdom, a show about journey and legacy, contribution, and the meaning of life. We all have interesting stories about the paths we have chosen, the people we have touched, and the wisdom that comes with living life to the fullest. We have a choice each day to live into our greatness, and our greatness is informed by what we do, how and who we love, and what we believe about ourselves and others. Now here's the host of Pathways to Wisdom, Deborah Brown. Well, welcome to the show, everyone, and today is August 23rd, 2013, and it is a wonderful day to talk about taking a leap of faith. And I am thrilled to welcome Barbara Schiffman and Camille Leon to the show. And Barbara and Camille are both experienced leapers, and we're going to take this time to examine what they've identified as the six, six stages of taking a leap of faith and the exhilarating breakthroughs that come with such a leap. Over the past 20 years, Barbara and Camille have encountered personal and professional challenges and have also created exhilarating breakthroughs for themselves and others. They've even survived extreme events like firewalking, completing marathons, com- uh, climbing the Great Wall of China, and starting national organizations. Welcome, Leapers, Barbara and Camille. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Thank you. <laughs> I bet you've never been called leapers like that quite that way. I think we've talked about that in our work, but I guess we are as well. That's right. That's right. Well, by way, first time, first time, first time for everything. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about is some of this uh, taking a leap of faith is about doing something for the first time. So that kind of fits. So by way of sorting out which one of you has done those extreme events that I was talking about, I want you to give me what I call your two-minute movie. Basically, that is your life story in two minutes. You can go back as far as you like coming forward to today. And just by way of um, easy doing this, let's go alphabetically. And so, Barbara, you go first, your two-minute movie. Okay, I guess I had started leaping when I was in my early 20s in Chicago. I picked up and packed up everything I owned, and I drove it from Chicago to Los Angeles to start working in the film business. And I had no idea what was going to happen, but somehow I was moving west, and 30, 40 years later, I'm still here. I found myself working in the entertainment industry as a script consultant, one of those people who read scripts and books to develop them into movies for over 30 years. And along the way, I became a career coach and a story coach for people in the entertainment industry. I met my husband through a job interview, a little leap of faith there, and ended up getting married. And we're celebrating 35 years this month since we originally met. I also have gone through a series of jobs, each one being a little leap from one thing to another along the way, and ended up in the mid-90s becoming a career coach for people in the entertainment industry, learned a lot about breakthrough coaching, doing more than you thought you could in a ridiculously short period of time through that work, and then expanded it into life coaching work with people and helping them create life balance. So my work keeps evolving. Then in 1999, my parents got sick, and it ended up putting me in a whole new series of leaps. I became their parent, at least that's how it felt. 
And after my dad died, I ended up walking a half marathon, 13 miles, but going from zero miles to 13 miles in training for four months and then walking that in Hawaii on the Ironman triathlon track was really a leap for me. It showed me what I could do in more ways than anything else had so far. Then I went back to college and got a hypnotherapy degree, and I keep going back and getting more trainings in tools that help me add to my toolbox as a life and soul coach. My life coaching work has expanded from career to all of life and now to soul, and it all fits together. And and each thing I do is a leap, writing and publishing, public speaking, finding out what's next, handling my parents' estate, looking at moving out of Los Angeles to where my daughter is living, at least part-time in the future as she starts her family. Everything is another new thing. So that's gotten me here today, and I'm glad to be here. And looking back at the last batch of years and thinking about this has been very fun. Oh, it's, it's, it sounds like a very full life with so much more to um to enjoy going forward with all the things that you've got planned. I'm I'm excited for you. So yeah, let's hear like from I'm Camille. And, <laughs> exactly. Let's hear from Camille and then we'll kind of um go deep into this uh into this area here. Uh okay. Wow. Um two minutes for a fairly mm-hmm. long uh active adventurous life. Um, I was born in upstate New York, and a lot of my childhood, I actually lived in a ghetto um, in upstate New York. Um, And then somewhere in the middle of junior high, we moved to Northern California. So um, by coastal by the time I was 15, and... In college, I got to study for a year in Austria. Uh, So I I think maybe uh, some of my early leaps of faith had to do with, you know, my mother was um, a bit of a gypsy, and then I just kind of carried that on, uh, and the travel bug really bit me hard. Um, My first career, I became a job development expert, and I was actually... I'm a published author in um, the area of kind of how to get a job, earning a buck and keeping it coming. It's it's not what I consider a career book. It's really if you've fallen on hard times and you just need to get back to how do I have a paycheck so I can get back on my feet and move forward from there. Um, and uh, personally, I've had a couple of leaps of faith in terms of both starting relationships and ending relationships. So while Barbara has the uh, experience of, wow, she and Glenn have been married for decades now, I, on the other hand, have had two divorces. And, um, and they're leaps of faith. They're kind of like, this is broken, it's not working, what next? Um now, in 2008, I started the West L.A. chapter of what has become, starting in mid-2010, a national organization, the Holistic Chamber of Commerce. Um, and through 
all of my life, I've traveled to places like Africa, Asia, Europe, South America, and Central America, not to mention three driving trips across the U.S. Um, I've gone skydiving, scuba diving, NASCAR racing. For me, all of those kind of adventurous events gave me a new perspective. Um, the world looks different when you're underwater. The world looks different when you're uh, falling through the sky. <laughs> so, and talk about getting in touch with your faith. Like, you really get that I can do this thing, I can eat this crazy food, and I'm okay afterwards, you know? Um, it may look scary walking into it, but really it ends up opening new doors. Um, anyway, so that's kind of uh, Camille in two minutes. Wow. Okay, so Camille and Barbara both, um, that almost sounds exhausting, but exciting <laughs> and <laughs> and exhilarating. And I know that um, you have a website, uh, it's called The Exhilaration Effect, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just, um, here's what occurs to me. And you just said it, Camille, when you said adventure gives you a new perspective. Wouldn't you also say that once you have repelled off a 130-foot bridge, like I have done, or done a 700-foot zip line, like I have done, um, wouldn't you say that that gives you courage and and kind of an attitude of, well, if I could do that, I could probably do this too, because that was scary, and this new thing that I'm going to try, I already know that I can gird my loins, if you will, and go for it. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. This is Barbara. I just went zip lining and rappelling for the first time at age 63 a couple of months ago, and it was. It was exhilarating. And exhilarating is that sense of excitement that comes when you're on the other side of whatever you've done. It's that emotional part of the adrenaline rush. And it does make you feel like, okay, look what I just did. Now what can I do? I also had that. I'm the one who went walking on hot coals, as you mentioned early on. And I had to have proof that they were really hot, so I had a little blister on the bottom of my little toe that made me realize that they weren't faking it. They really were hot. And if I could do that, I could do anything. That actually propelled me into being able to say yes to a job with someone who's very high level and very well known in Hollywood that I'd worked for part-time off and on for years and took that leap into working for him full-time. Because if I could survive walking on hot coals, I could survive Hollywood, which I did. <laughs> That's, that, that, sounds, that sounds right to me. Sounds and, it, absolutely and, it sounds right. like, and, and I think you're right. This all kind of sounds exhausting, but we don't do this every day. One thing about leaps is the actual leap, this is one of the things we found in our six stages of leaps of faith, and you can add on to this, Camille, is that the leap is not the end of the process. It's actually the middle we found. The, the period that leads up to the leap is often the longest, and there are a couple of there are two stages in that area that we've identified, and then there's three more stages after the leap that are where things kind of settle in and help you move forward and expand your comfort zone from there. And sometimes the leap is the easiest part. 
Well, before so we actually go to... through... Go ahead. So, sorry. So I would like to uh, say a couple of things because I think you're right, Deborah. Um, it sounds a little exhausting um, because I just strung it all together in one two-minute who I am and what I've done. But in reality, neither Barbara nor I would ever be described as an adrenaline junkie. When you pack it all together, that's what it sounds like. But right. I do these things when I know, you know, oh, I have been talking about wanting to do this for six months now, and I'm still not, I've been wanting a new job for nine months now, and I still haven't even updated my resume. Okay, I don't know what's holding you back from updating your resume, but I know that if you go do something else, take a roller coaster ride, for example, it's going to give you that kind of, well, kick in the butt or shot in the arm that somehow not always logically shifts you around the corner so you do update your resume or so you go, oh, maybe I don't need to update my resume. I need to go to a different networking meeting and be meeting different people for networking. Right. So that probably falls into one of the other stages uh, when you're trying to assess where you are and what you need in order to move right. forward. Now, it occurs to me that I think it takes tenacity, clarity, confidence, and so forth to go for something new or, frankly, even go back and do something you've done before and do it again. Like I used to rock climb when I was 18, 19 years old. I've thought about going and finding a rock climbing wall because I know they have those here and there, and go do that. I think it would be exciting <laughs> and also very difficult for me at the weight and and uh, physical condition that I'm in. But I, I do think about it every now and then, but I don't go do it. So what is it that is missing? What, why do I, you know, what what do I need? What do I need to do it? I'll, I'll speak to that. This is Barbara because I just did that with the zip lining. It, I don't know why, but... Going on a zip line, seeing the videos of it, seeing people doing that on TV has always looked fun to me because it's like flying. And I know Camille has done this in the past, but I had not. So when a group of friends, led by one friend who was in law school and who needed a break because she had been doing so much that was reading and mental and you know staying at home by herself, she needed to do something active and physical she got together a group of friends who all went ziplining together. I wasn't able to complete the whole course, but I got to do a little bit of it because my physical condition at the time was not so good for ziplining. It was harder on my arms than I thought it would be. But I got to at least try it out, and it, it was exhilarating just to do a little bit because I'd been thinking of it for a while. So sometimes that support, that group of people, that support system, which is one reason we started putting this together in a, a coaching framework and that is different than anything either of us had done before. We had each done breakthrough coaching and other types of coaching that had components of this, and when we came together, which was a little leap of faith in starting uh -huh. in 2009, I, I was thinking about that today when we started working on this together, we blended those things. 
And we found that having that support, whether it's a mastermind group, whether it's a meetup, whether it's a group of friends, whether it's phone support, whether it's something like the e-course we've just created that's on dailyohm.com, which was a little bit of a leap for us, feeling like you're not doing it by yourself can help you actually take that action. And for me, it was my friend saying, who wants to go zip lining?" And I got to email back and say, I do. You know, Very cool. um, I, I think that it's, um, you know that it's time when you get sick of hearing yourself have the same complaint again, or when one of your friends or family members says, you know, you've been talking about this for an awfully long time. If you're not going to do something about it, please don't talk about it to me anymore. Um, that's how you know that it's time to do something to shift your energy. Um, the clarity about what it is you're going to do, there is almost always something that when you hear it, you go, oh, wow, that just sounds like fun. Or I've always wanted to try that. And keep in mind, like, you do it once and you learn whatever the lesson is. And sometimes the lesson is I don't have to be perfect at everything. And that's okay. I tried it. Um, and that lets you step forward into whatever leap of faith you want to apply to your life. But it is also really important to have the support network. And it's one of the reasons why I'm glad that we started with the dailyohm.com e-course instead of just a book. Because when you're reading a book, you're often on your own. You don't have that support system. But our Daily Ohm e-course comes with that discussion group. So you really can share with others who are on the same path. Uh, I, right. Thank you. I've also found that baby boomers, people who are in what I think of as the second phase of life or the second half, are going through this a lot. They feel like they can't do something new because they're maybe too old mm. or if they're feeling not so old, they don't have other friends who want to do it with them or they're being pushed into changes through retirement, through job changes through divorce, through relationship changes, and doing things they haven't done before. And somehow that's a little different when you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and it was when you were in your 20s and just starting out. But it's the same thing. We're the, we're the same, but we do have that wisdom you were talking about earlier, Deborah. We have some experience behind us of I survived that, so somehow I'm going to survive this. But you have to find the right support team or support internally as well as externally to give it a go and to try something new when you're not a kid anymore. Well, I'm going to say that that internal support probably is very much wrapped up in courage. And, you know, sometimes, you know, where does the courage come from? How do we tap back into it when we get a little more nervous than usual? I was going to say, you know, I've done over 700 radio and TV interviews. I have, I, I mean, that's a lot of people to talk to. And, I, mm. you know, I talk in public. I don't have a problem with that. However, I still have to get in the zone. I still have to 
you know, gather my courage, if you will, because sometimes I give myself a case of the what ifs. What if I am not as clever today as I was yesterday? What if I forget what I was going to say? What if I say something stupid? And I don't know if if this is part of something that you might coach a person like me on, but you're welcome to if you'd like, uh, right here on air, because I do get a case of the what ifs, and I can talk myself right into fear. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It, it it goes with another one of the words we like. We like to use a lot of words related to this that start with EX, like exhilaration, to kind of stimulate that vibration again. And experimenting is one of my favorite words. When I look at something as an experiment, just like Thomas Edison, how many times did he try different things till he got the light bulb? I've heard it in many numbers, but about a 1,000 is one of the numbers I've heard most often. He didn't give up. And he kept trying until he found a way that worked. And it's looking at it as an experiment instead of it has to be perfect the first time. So that's one of the things I like to think of. I know Camille has some other thoughts on that. What would you add on? Oh, so uh, I totally understand the what ifs. I really understand the what ifs. And I have actually a couple of responses to this whole thing. But in terms of the what ifs, first of all, what if I embarrass myself? What if I make a mistake? My first answer to that is, I know I'm going to, because I keep pushing my own limits. Um, and even the other night, I went out and I spoke at a meeting. I can't believe I'm going to share this in public. Uh, I went out and I spoke in, the, in a meeting. I had a wardrobe malfunction. Um after the meeting was over, because, of course, I was speaking during the meeting, so it wasn't like I could be interrupted, um, I found out that my my dress, when I sit down, um, becomes much shorter than it should be. Got it? Oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, okay. um and, you know, that's not the sort of thing somebody can tap you on your shoulder and you go, you've got bean skin on your on your tooth. And, you know, you can just take it. It's like after the fact. So when it comes to what if, first of all, I know that if I'm still growing and still pushing myself, there are just going to be days when um, it's not going to look the way I would have designed it had I been able to design it perfectly. But I've also shifted my what if to... Not what if worst case scenario, but what if best case scenario? What if I really do win the lottery? What if um, what if I really do have somebody call me up and say, I want to start a chapter in Minneapolis, St. Paul of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce? What if I have somebody call me up from Connecticut and say, what does it take to start a chapter here? Um, so my what ifs have kind of shifted so that instead of talking myself into fear, I'm talking myself into courage. Now, you've talked a lot about courage, Deb, and that's really kind of, I, I, I have three C's. There's clarity and there's confidence, and clarity and confidence become courage. But I use the adventures that I go on to create the clarity and the confidence which become my courage. So that's, for me, a lot of the progression. Um, and, you know, when you do something like 
jump out of an airplane, you get real clear real fast. By the time you've landed, you know whether you love him or whether it's time to let go of him. Um, You know that you can go ask for a raise because asking your boss for a raise, hey, you just jumped out of an airplane. Um, You get real clear about whether it's time for you to start your business that you've been delaying or not, and you start to see new solutions for how all that stuff can work. But you also have the confidence of, I did that wild thing that I was afraid of, and it worked. So clearly, I can take this and do other wild things, and they can work too. Can can I add on that we don't always have to do the big wild things like jumping out of an airplane, although Camille's <laughs> yeah, experience right. with that I think was really profound and and determining whether she was going to stay in a relationship or not actually happened during one of those jumps, as I've heard her tell yeah. the story. So she knows from experience. But for me, sometimes it's just continually doing those new things, those smaller things, like it's simple. And these are some of the things we talk about in, in the work that we do and in our e-course homework and when we're coaching people and just suggestions to people we talk with. Doing anything that's new and different, like making a new recipe that you haven't made before, driving a new route to work. Camille mm-hmm. reminded me, you know, wearing your watch on the other wrist can be different, and I've been doing that lately because one of my wrists, the, my watch didn't feel right on, and when I put it on the other wrist, it just, it things are different. And these small things are what build the courage. They're like the free weights. You don't start with the 100-pound weight. You build up to it. Like the jumping out of airplane would be a 50 or 100-pound weight maybe for someone like me who's five foot tall. But you start with the two-pounders and the five-pounders if you haven't been doing new things for a while. And you get used to just doing new things. That may go to what you were speaking about earlier is how do you get started. You do a few new things that are fun, that are not difficult, that don't have to take a lot of time or cost a lot of money. You drive a new route somewhere. Camille and I did that recently. We drove through Los Angeles to get somewhere, like all the way through Los Angeles to get to somewhere down the coast in South Bay instead of taking the freeway. It just shifted perspective, and it built a little more courage because we did something new. And the neuroscientists talk about this creating new brain synapses that we can do at any point of life, even up and through our 80s and 90s the brain plasticity actually has a a benefit there because we keep rejuvenating our brain by doing new things. I, well, you know what, what I'd like to Sorry. Go ahead, Kim. Um, Bar- Barbara is so right on this. And, I, you know, I talk about the big things, but remember I've also started a national organization. So uh, it took some big kind of, wild things. Every other day, though, I might decide, um, okay, I need to shift gears. I'm going to sleep on the opposite side of the bed tonight. Um, Now, of course, when you share your bed with somebody else, that's a little bit harder. You have to convince them to shift gears as well. Um, But yeah, sometimes the small things and meditating. If you are a go, 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 triple A person, meditating is 
just as a significant impact as anything else. Right. All right, well, here's what I would like to add to kind of um, encapsulate what I have actually learned. So what I love about this, by the way, is that what I'm learning just by asking a couple of questions, I'm quite sure that someone doing your daily OM e-course would have the same experience just in a, um, a kind of organized fashion. But I love the experiment thing, Barbara, when you said that mm-hmm. about that particular EX, um, because it gives you permission to not be perfect at it if you're experimenting. I mean, how can how can one expect to be perfect the first time you experiment with something? Clearly, even a recipe might not come out quite right the first time, but the second time and third time it might be perfect. And the other thing is, Camille, when you were talking about best-case scenario, that is absolutely one of the most brilliant things I've heard in a long time, because... I don't really, and I'm a very positive person, but I have never thought about things in terms of best case scenario. I always do the worry part. And I don't know if that's because I lived in foreign countries where I was not safe as a child. Um, You know, I have safety issues that kind of linger in the back of my mind. Um, So I, I feel maybe that's why I'm also stuck on courage as one of my things, my little hot button for the day. Because it takes courage to um, live in Iran, which I did, and start first grade. And I was almost run over by the school bus driver every single day. My mother had to protect me from being run over every single day on my way to school. So, (laughs) you know, a person that has that in their background kind of has to say, okay, what am I trying to do here and how am I going to um, stay safe in my environment that I am creating for myself as a 60-year-old woman? Does that make sense? Mhm. So what I'm thinking is healthy what ifs. Healthy what ifs might be when you said you don't bungee jump. Uh, I would not bungee jump either, and I have rappelled 130 feet off of a bridge, a perfectly fine bridge, I must say. Um, but a healthy what if is what if the what if this bungee cord breaks? What if they haven't set it right and I go and break my head open? Those are some pretty healthy what ifs. So I think you can have some both sides of that coin. Is that fair? It is, and, and it reminds me of, of what I just experienced with zip lining because it looked fabulous. It looked fun, and it was fun when I was doing it, but my body, my arms are not made for that. So now when I think, oh, well, what about parasailing? What about this? What about that? And I have to keep remembering. <laughs> my, not a good thing for my arms. I need to keep my feet on the ground. What else can I do? And that's part of it is what else can I do? To have that experience and have the fun and not feel like a failure or feel like I can't do something, but what can I do that's healthy for me, that feels good, that I can succeed at or experiment at at least, that isn't going to put me in the same situation because it uses the same muscles. And my particular muscles just aren't right for that. It's not a big deal. Well, you know, there's there's other muscles that we have to exercise, Um in life, for example, writing a book can mm-hmm. be another. Um, you know, I'm an excellent writer, but I have not finished a couple of books that I've started, and I don't know why. I really cannot tell you. Um, there's no really good answer, but I know that there's a woman who wrote a book called Who's Your Gladys, and it took her 11 years to finally write that book or finish it and publish it 
because she was afraid that people might not like it, might think she was wrong, might you know have negative um, reactions to it. So how do we how do we not only have our own self talk in check, but how others are going to impact what we're doing or not? Does that does that work in a leap of faith? Oh, yes. And again, that's where the support system helps. My husband, who's a brilliant writer, is in a writer's group here in Los Angeles, and he's actually re- he's, he's actually rewriting at the moment a novel he wrote before I met him that was one of the things I read when I first met him, and I fell in love with him through his writing. And he's getting feedback from people he trusts while he's reworking it. And that helps him be able to keep working on it while he's going. So sometimes that feedback while we're working on something can be helpful in finding a trusted advisor. I I know people, big names in the entertainment industry, who are writers or producers or directors who have a little team of people they trust that they run things by while they're shaping and perfecting them, and they're not perfect the first time by any means. All the movies you see take years to make happen. And all the pieces have to come into place. So having that trusted team of advisors helps. I know Camille's got that with the HCC. I'm one of her advisors. And and she calls on us for advice on things. How does that work for you, Camille? Well, I think, you know, it, trusted advisors are critically important in taking a leap of faith. But also, Deb, I think you bring up a point Um, which I want to emphasize, which is everybody's leap of faith and everybody's personal adventure to help them build that courage, it's individual and it's personal. What I want to do is different than what Barbara wants to do is different than what you want to do. And... And I actually kind of learned that through my work with the Holistic Chamber of Commerce because I work with so many different healers. And I, at a certain point, I recognized penicillin doesn't work for everybody. Likewise, acupuncture doesn't work for everybody. But penicillin does work for a lot of people, and acupuncture does work for a lot of people. And it's the same thing with your adventure and your leap of faith is uh, just... um, continuing to ask the questions that help you find clarity around the solutions that are going to work for you and then having a trusted team of advisors and a support system who are going to encourage you and support you in taking reasonable risks. I know I did that when I was training for the marathon because I was a couch potato, but after my dad died of a stroke and my mom had had a stroke and was incapacitated, I needed to change my relationship with exercise. So I joined a training team with the American Stroke Association to get me going every week so that I could work my way up to being able to walk 13.1 miles in Hawaii in the heat of June in 2003 and survive it, even though it took me five hours to do the walk. But I made it to the end, and some people didn't. And being able to do it with a team and support and other people who'd done it before and other people who were in worse shape than I was made it more possible. 
and it was starting out with going around the block once and then the two blocks and then four blocks and then a mile and working my way up mile by mile. And that's, for me, where doing the small things, chunking down the big thing into increments, whether it's writing your book based on taking a half an hour a day for three days a week and just doing what you can or writing one chapter and then stopping, finding the way to chunk it down so you can get a little bit done and make that progress and feel like something's happening, even if you can't do it every day or even if you're not doing it all, you know, in a consistent way. I I do things sometimes in big chunks. But when I get to do that big chunk, I do it until it's complete. And that sense of completion is what gives me the exhilaration. All right, you just said the magic word, and that is exhilaration. And I know that uh, you are experienced (laughs) big time on the exhilaration effect. I think you've actually coined that phrase. So talk to me about the exhilaration effect, because I have a sense that that helps mm, keep you going when you're trying to do something new. I think so. Camille actually coined it. I was remembering this morning as I was thinking about this interview of when we got together and we started talking about this work together, which was, I think, in 2009 and uh, around when we went to a seminar together that had some, some things that were inspiring about this in it, but then we waited a whole other year until we actually started writing about it together and getting serious. And she said to me, I have this idea called the exhilaration effect, and she told me you know, it was about uh, doing more than you've done and creating breakthroughs in life, and I'd been working on that in other ways, both internally in hypnotherapy work and and life coaching work and externally in some life breakthrough and career breakthrough work I'd been doing. So that word actually came from her, and to me it struck a chord because, you know, the results are great. The adrenaline rush is one thing, but it's the exhilaration that hit home with me. That, That word has a sense of accomplishment, excitement, rippling and lasting beyond just the adrenaline rush and it's about more than the results it's about the feeling so so how did you come up with that camille i I was wondering about that this morning um to be honest i came up with it because i was having a conversation at one of the very early uh holistic chamber of commerce meetings with somebody who works with adrenaline and uh, at that time, I had been using adrenaline rush really as a term to describe the breakthrough coaching that I was doing. And adrenaline is really great in a lot of ways. If if you, for example, have a heart attack and go to the hospital and they say, oh, shot of epi, a shot of epinephrine is a shot of adrenaline. So it's really like you've stopped and they want to restart you, and they're going to use adrenaline. The issue is adrenaline also is the hormone that's uh, shifting us into fight or flight. And if we're always operating at that level, it's not healthy for us. It's not good for us. So uh, in my conversation with this person, it was like, what's another way to express the same 
sensibility. And so that was how we came up with the term exhilaration. And I actually like exhilaration so much better because it conveys the sense of adrenaline, which actually is a physical hormone that uh, that adrenaline rush will pop open the neurotransmitters that are set in a rut in your brain and my brain. So you want that physical adrenaline rush, but you also want that feeling of confidence and accomplishment, which is, I can do it. And so let me let me share something. Yeah. yeah. Let me share something here. Um, <laughs> um I want to give you another image for exhilaration and I want you to imagine we're gonna call it bang lifting. Okay? You're wearing your hair and you've got bangs and you have done something that you are speeding forward so fast that your bangs go flying backwards. And that is what has happened to me a couple of times when I have hit a golf ball far enough for the golf cart to have to go fast enough to take me to the ball that my hair actually lifts off my forehead. That's a bang lifter. Does that does that That's that, a great shorthand that for that, yeah. <laughs> great shorthand. Now it only works it only works among people who know what the heck you're talking about, but when you started talking about exhilaration, I'm thinking, yeah, something that lifts your bangs. You know, it's it's something that is so amazing and and everything is better than it's ever been before. That's what I would think. It is. And and for me, again, the exhilaration word ha- does it for me because I can think of things I've done. I was doing that again this morning when I was thinking about this interview and was able to recreate the physical and more important than the physical, the emotional feeling. It's about the emotions that stay with us by imagining it, and that's something as a hypnotherapist that's really key in how we do things. We get that muscle memory. We get that emotional memory, and we want those memories of things that make us feel good, that help us feel expansive and expanded and confident and clear and courageous. All these words we've been talking about, they have a vibration to them and a value to them beyond just their their semantics. And I was able to recreate the feeling, the emotional feeling, and to some degree the physical feeling, in thinking about those things that gave me that adrenaline rush, that getting to the finish line on the marathon, getting to the end of the hot cold, getting to the platform on the zip line, watching my daughter walk down the aisle when she got married, you know, all these things in life. Finishing my book, my first ebook. when I got that done, there was a big exhilaration, and I had another one when um, we finished and launched our e-course. Every one of those has an exhilaration that I can recreate when I think about it. And then I feel it, and then I step into that state of confidence, that then helps me be able to face whatever's next, especially if I'm being pushed into it, which we haven't talked about that much, rather than called into it. And some people are being pushed into taking leaps, and others are being called into them, and it works both ways. Uh, More than it works both ways, uh, I have found there are times when I'm being 
pulled into a leap of faith, like I know that it's time for me to move. And I'm complaining about where I'm currently living and thinking, you know, I really want to fix this and I really want to fix that. And if I am having that conversation for too long, something will happen in my personal universe that will push me, that will make that thing so uncomfortable that it will, instead of pulling me into what I want to do, it ends up pushing me out of what I don't want to do. So um, I actually try to be a little bit more aware now of, of my discomfort so I can look at and move into a new solution before the push happens. Because the push is no fun. The crisis is no fun. But if I can create that shift ahead of time, then I sometimes could avoid some painful, you know, if you know your job isn't working and you get a new job, that's much better than you know your job isn't working and your boss recognizes it too and says, I think it's time for you to move on. Well, mightn't you call that new solution a breakthrough sometimes? I know you, you're both life and career breakthrough coaches, but isn't that kind of what we're talking about? Uh, you know, when you you notice something, you make that shift, you make those decisions, you gird your loins, as I said earlier, which I think is just one of the funniest things in the world, gird your loins. Um, uh, you know, isn't that creating a breakthrough? Well, yeah, but what are we breaking through? We're breaking through... What a lot of people talk about is the comfort zone, which expands when we do new things. Our old comfort zone stretches to a new one, and we sometimes get complacent again, which is why continually doing something somewhat new and different and maybe a little nerve-inducing, maybe a little scary, maybe a little unfamiliar to keep it flexible so that you don't have to break through it like using dynamite or something doesn't have to happen to you to break through that wall so that we just keep expanding it, and it's more a process of expanding who we are versus just achieving a goal. It's about uh, taking small leaps of faith and applying what we learn from them about ourselves, about what we want, about doing something new to the really big leaps when we're presented with them or when we finally stop talking about them and start taking action. And it expands our sense of what we can do, not just change and do something different. It lets us do more of what we are and have more of what's available to us. All right, so... How about if we go through the six stages of the leaps of faith? Because I know we've kind of talked around them and maybe touched on them, and some things you said are like the middle, and the actual leap mm-hmm. is in the middle. So how about if we go ahead and and actually identify the six stages so that people can establish for themselves where they might be in their own process? Okay, I have them in front of me, so I'll jump into that, and then Camille can, can add on anything that... Uh, she would like. And what we realized when we were starting to talk about this and write about it originally was that the leap is actually in the middle. Most people think of a leap as a goal, 
we think of the TV series Quantum Leap, and we need to take a big leap, and the leap itself is the goal. And really what we started noticing was that taking that big leap in the middle then shifted things that rippled after it. So we started looking at the ripples in those comfort zones as stages. And before we take the leap, we start with resistance. It's what we call the expecting stage. It's like you're pregnant with a leap, but you don't know what it's going to be yet, and you know you need to or you want to or you're talking about it, but you just can't do it. It's, it's what we've been talking about a little bit here of that thinking and resistance and it taking a while till we get to the point of moving into stage two, which is the exploring, the, ex, the, the experimenting, the what will it take for me to do that? If I must do it or I really want to do it, it's not going away, what's it going to take? That's sometimes the research phase or the chunking it down into steps phase if it's too big and overwhelming or whatever that might be, finding the place to go do this thing that we think we'd like to do, like the ziplining place. My friend knew one and I didn't, so for me it was a fun little idea. For her it became something she could invite people on. She got past that exploring part. Then we come to the leap, which is the experiencing stage. It's like the Nike just do it, and sometimes that's the shortest one, the resistance and then the exploring sometimes are the longest. We can do those for years if we are happy in our comfort zone or stuck in our comfort zone. And then after we experience it, when we get to the other side, like leaping over a canyon from one side to the other, we land. And most people then immediately want to move on, but we found it's really good to pause there and evaluate what you did, kind of recalibrate and say, oh, my God, what did I just do? <laughs> Take a pause. Let it land before you move on and say, this was great. Let's extrapolate from here, which is stage five extrapolating and say, okay, how do I do this again? How do I do more of what I just did in that same direction? And from there we go to stage six, which is expanding. It's look what I'm able to do now. How can I do this in other parts of my life? By changing something or expanding something in one part of your life, it makes it way more possible to do it and survive in another part. And those last three, the examining, the extrapolating, and the expanding, sometimes overlap. But each one is a little bit distinct, focused a little differently, and gets its own space. So we've looked at them as part of the process. And before you leap into a whole new direction, letting them each get their space to help you expand enough so that you're ready for whatever's next is, is a good thing to do. So those are our six stages. I'm not, you know, that's such a good description of the six stages. Uh, really, the only thing to add to it is to just recognize that how these stages show up in your life may be different than how they show up in my life. Um, and that the time frames are sometimes different based on, you know, what it is that you're looking at, whether it's big or small, um, whether it's personal or professional. Um, and also each leap is different. 
and I think yeah. you're saying, Camille, each leap is different even in your own life. Like your leaps are, your leap stages may show up differently than mine, but yours in different leaps are going to show up differently even in your life. This is also what we've noticed. So it's not a linear thing, it's more of a ripple. And that's again where having the exhilaration effect as a, as a, a metaphor for it really has made sense for us. Well, here's what um, occurs to me, especially on this show, which is. Pathways to Wisdom, and of course we talk about legacy, we talk about journey, we talk about um, you know taking your wisdom out into the world and so forth. And it occurs to me that if a person does not realize their dreams or even acknowledge that they will leave a legacy, we all do, we just maybe aren't aware of it until it's done, <laughs> and we're done, so to speak. Um, but wouldn't it be nice if we could... Frankly, I'll take your course, which I know is not expensive on Daily Ohm. It's amazing. And um, and actually get into the habit of having that, even number one, expecting the leap. You know, expecting, um, giving, getting ready for the birth of something, a dream, realizing a dream. Doesn't that sound wonderful, to, to, to actually realize some dreams? Go ahead and give yourself permission to have some if you haven't had any for a while. Absolutely, and maybe explore what they should be. I've I've had conversations lately with people who want to do something more in their life than they've been doing, but they don't know what it is. And they're hoping right. someone will tell them what to do. And I keep saying, but this is something for you to discover. Start noticing what other people are doing that look or sound good to you. What sparks you? And that's where you might start looking to see where you're going to be drawn next or pulled next or even pushed next. Well, it's also the um it's the reframing. I mean the idea of expectation like we all know that it's not always the best thing to go into something with too many expectations around it. But when you talk about it in the active and positive sense of expecting, expecting to give birth to something good and better, um, it really helps you look at how do I say yes to this? So how do I say yes to myself and making my life better and happier and healthier? Which is really what leaps of faith are all about and one of the blessings that comes out of taking leaps of faith is it ends up not just improving your life but the lives of all the people in the community around you that's fantastic now in the six stages or the yeah six stages I was starting to say steps it's not steps it's like you say it's a ripple so it's it's not it's not linear. Um, but which ones do you oh, no. think um, would require, or not require, but be best served by trusted advisors? In other words... In the, well, in all of them, but the, definitely the exploring stage, because that's when we get past mm-hmm. that. I don't know what it's what to do, or I don't know what it's going to be. The I don't know phase, and you get into the what will it take phase. And and for that, 
sometimes talking to trusted advisors or talking to people who've done it or talking to people who help you brainstorm about it can be really helpful or letting them know what you're thinking of and seeing what they think. I used to use that in my entertainment career coaching where we would, in the coaching program I was trained in and and became a trainer for, have people get mentors to whom they'd say, this is what I'm looking to do. Is there anything I can't see? Because I've never done it before that you can see, because you have, or you know more about it than I do, that I should be aware of or thinking of. Or maybe I see something as big and hard, and it really isn't. So that's a good phase. The experiencing phase, sometimes you need your trusted advisors to cheer you on. My husband came with me to Hawaii when I did the marathon and was at the end of the course waiting for me, and that really made a difference. And then when we're evaluating and recalibrating, having a sounding board to say, okay, what did I do? Because when I was ziplining, I wasn't aware of all the stuff going on in my body. I was hanging on literally for dear life. So when I got to the platform after hanging out in space there on the zipline for what felt like forever and probably was about 30 seconds on each of the ziplines, you know, I had to land and then look and say, okay, what happened, and let everything settle in. And that settling in phase can be helped by advisors. Then taking it further in the area you're working on, the extrapolating might be some good places for advisors as well as the expanding. So they can be helpful in different ways in each of them. And we need that cheerleading team. I know for me, when I have an audience and I have at least people I'm accountable to or are waiting for something, I get it done or move forward on it better than when I'm the only one thinking about it and I can put it off forever. So all of those phases can benefit from having at least one person who who you share things with and who can cheer you on no matter what's going on or even if you're stalling on things or you don't know what to do yet. That's part of the process. Do you have an exhilaration effect community um, where people could actually share where they are in their process or, you know, after they've done the leap, you know, what what did they learn about themselves? How are they going to take it forward? How is that expanding them? Is there a Facebook group? I mean, I just think that would be so cool. If there isn't, I think you need to create one. Thank um, you. We do have a Facebook Facebook page um, for the exhilaration effect. And the Facebook page is, um, I don't have it in front of me, but it is the exhilaration effect. It's it's a Facebook page at... Facebook, and we also have, in for those people taking the Daily Ohm e-course, which is eight lessons, you get one per week, like one chapter of a book per week. They have audios embedded in them. I got to use my hypnotherapy and guided imagery work and sharing some guided meditations to help on the inner shifts in that, and homework, adventurous events, the fun little things you can do that's new. We have lots of tips and suggestions for that in the homework for each stage. And the discussion group on that, which you can participate in, it's optional if you take the course, and is ongoing even after you get all eight lessons. It's not like you get bumped out. It's available to you ongoing, is where many people have been sharing things. It's just been starting the last few months, so it's not a long list of shares, but it's, it's been starting to go. And we're, we also are, are starting to do more mastermind groups. 
So that's another place where people can participate and actually have a support team by phone to work with people. And then I know uh, we're teaching on, we're doing a seminar at sea on a cruise. Camille can talk about that in November, and we're Ooh. looking forward to that and actually going to the Bahamas and and doing a seminar on the cruise along with a lot of other great holistic and, and uh, personal development teachers and leapers, and maybe even doing some things together that will be a little bit of a leap during the cruise. So Camille can share a little more about that. You know, um, so let me just say about the, like, so we talk about leaps of faith and we talk about adventures. And adventures to me are the first time you're doing something. So let me just say, this is my first time going on a cruise as well as my first time going to the Caribbean. So um, it's already a leap of faith. Uh, I have no idea what it's going to be like to be on a one-week cruise um yeah yeah uh, I've heard very good things so and I'm entirely excited um on so many levels and it's just at myholisticcruise.com if you go there um or if you go to our holisticchamberofcommerce.com um where we have a direct link to the um cruise and it's an opportunity to just be surrounded by people who are like-minded, who are really focused on shifting gears into a healthier and happier life, but it's also a nice um, a vacation um, and a nice place to give yourself a lot of different options because as we've talked about, sometimes... Uh, what works for you is going to be something different than what works for me or for my sister or my brother. So it's um, surrounding myself with the support of encouraging community and giving myself the options that will work for me at the same time. Yeah, it's being sponsored by, I think it's called the Evolving Consciousness Community. Is that right, Camille? Uh, evolving Conscious Health Community. There you go. So um, it'll be a really nice, and they're having such a wide variety of speakers. I mean, Barbara and I will be there, but uh, Dr. Norm Sheehy, Sheely is also going to be a speaker there. Um, Baba Ram is going to be a speaker. Uh, and actually, for people who are involved in uh, holistic health and wellness, it's potentially an opportunity to take a vacation and have it be tax deductible because there are <laughs> continuing education. I mean, what a what a perk, right? Yeah, you um, can no kidding. If you need them, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I do I do like that. That's great. All right, so this has been a wonderful hour, I have to say. I, I would like to do it again because I feel like there's just so much more we can talk about and we have to call it a day for today, but I want to make sure that we do three things. I want to hear how people can get hold of you. I want to give you a chance to say anything else that you did not get to say that you think, oh, I wish I had said that, so you'll get a chance to do that. And I want to thank you very much for being so open and wonderful and sharing this because my goal in life is to help other people 
um, have a better life, frankly, and I know that's what you're doing too. So this has worked really, really well to satisfy some of my goals for the day, which is to brighten the lives of other people because I know this information is so valuable. So tell us how can people get hold of you, your websites, your daily OM course, um, and any parting thoughts. I'll, I'll cover that. Our website is exhilarationeffect.com, spelled E-X-H-I-L-A-R-A-T-I-O-N-E-F-F-E-C-T. Some people aren't sure how to spell exhilaration, but it's it's spelled that way. All one word, exhilarationeffect.com, and that has links to the cruise, to our e-course at Daily Ohm, to all the other things we're we're working on right now and making available. And our email is exhilarationeffect at gmail.com, so people can email us. And we're actually looking for stories because we want to start doing some more e-books about other people's experiences and leaps of faith they've taken and share them kind of like with Chicken Soup for the Soul in addition to giving more suggestions and tips, but share what people have to share with us. So if they can email us at exhilarationeffect at gmail.com, maybe 300 words about something they've done that's a leap of faith and what they learned from it. If we need more info, we'll contact them and maybe starting to compile some of that into what can become several different ebooks with different themes, including one for baby boomers and about our legacy. And the other thing I'd like to say, and then I'll toss it back to Camille for her thought on this, is that if everyone who is in their second half of life, I'm thinking 40, 50, and beyond that, might be continuing to do new things and taking leaps of faith and trusting that they can, what a wonderful world this could be because we are the examples. And that's part of leaving a legacy is being the example and creating memories for ourselves and our loved ones and others through doing these things. I've been collecting articles that I find now that through the web, through Google Alerts on Leaps of Faith with people in their 90s who are doing things for the first time or doing things people didn't think they could do, and they are great inspirations. And that's part of the legacy we can leave. So I encourage everybody to look at things that way and share them with us. So that's my legacy thoughts. What about yours, Camille? Uh, You know, my legacy thought is, first of all, we would totally love to have all of you um, play along and participate in our Daily Home e-course or, who knows, maybe come on the cruise with us. How great would that be? But some of the people listening today are also considering health issues And so another great place to go if you do have health issues and are looking for new solutions there are the place, is the place where Barbara and I first met, which is um, holistichamberofcommerce.com because that's a great resource for just new ideas and new options. Um, Yeah, and whatever it is, start moving forward. Don't let others stop you anymore because there are a lot of people that want to support you in moving forward to a better place. Well, that is that is exactly what I would say as well. And I love the fact that, uh, Barbara, you said be the examples 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that ties with what you just said, Camille. It, it it absolutely is the case that doing what we are meant to do and a little bit more, we are the examples for others. And I think Gandhi said something like, "Be the change that you would want to see in the world." And I think that you two are examples of living that. So. I thank you so much for being with me today, and um, I'm, I'm sure that people will get great value from listening to this again. I know I'm going to listen to it again myself. So for the moment, let me say have a wonderful day, and thank you so much again for being with me. And I'm looking forward to more and more exhilaration in my life. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Yay. You're Yay. (laughs) I'm zipping. I'm ziplining. No, I'm just kidding. Pathways to Wisdom is a production of Boomer and the Babe Incorporated. You can find out more about Boomer and the Babe Incorporated by visiting our website at boomerandthebabe.com. 